You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Our guest today, as has been the case all season long, Chris Raybon of the Action Network, making his favorite picks for this weekend's games and a little different twist this week since we usually do a six-pack, but there's only six games. So looking for some other angles to bet on Wild Card Weekend. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Joining us once again, our good buddy now, after a full season talking ball every Thursday, making picks for the 2020 season. Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Chris, thanks for joining us once again here in the postseason, looking at these playoff games in the wild card or the super wild card, as I think some people are calling it, which is which is super weird to me. <laughs> um, but I do want to say we've been keeping track of our six pack of picks all season long. You had a really good week. You nailed them all last week. We had a two-game lead going into the final week. Action Network came back to tie it up. After all of that, we tied exactly on our picks for the season, over 50% of our picks, too. So we were on the plus side, which feels good. And uh, props to you. And actually, I'm more impressed that we were able to keep up with you for the season with our picks and ended up in a tie after 17 weeks. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, you guys have done a great job. It's always a pleasure to to talk with you guys and uh, break down these games. And uh, if you guys want to keep the competition going in the postseason, uh, we're doing kind of an abbreviated six-pack. We're still doing six picks, but uh, it's uh, at least one side, at least one total, and then a third is kind of a wild card. It can be a side, can be a total. So uh, cool. that's, what, that's what we're doing. No, I love that. I'm, cool. I'm super yeah, pumped. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to hear what your picks are. Whatever angles you have, if there's any crazy props or anything you like, at betonline.ag, then go ahead. Let's uh, let's hear what you like for this week, since there's only six games to bet on this weekend in NFL football. So kick it off. Which one uh, do you like first this weekend? So the first pick uh, I made this week was Steelers uh, minus six. It was actually minus four when I, when I made the pick, but uh, for the podcast – We'll go with minus six. And this is just a bad matchup for Cleveland. Now, you look at Baker Mayfield and, you know, what does he struggle with? He struggles with pressure. He's 33rd in the league in uh, passer rating under pressure. He's 37th in completion rates under pressure. The Steelers, even though they are, you know, not fully healthy, they're a little bit banged up compared to what they were at their peak uh, on defense. They finished the year with a pressure rate above 32% and about 6% better than a second place team. So uh, Pittsburgh, excellent at getting pressure uh, at home against Mayfield and the Browns in week six, 38 to seven Pittsburgh wins as a three point favorite there. And now you also have all these COVID, all this COVID situation, you know, this COVID situation, it's going to negatively impact the Browns. It's hard to handicap, to be honest, um, but you're going to see, you know, the head coach, Kevin Stefanski miss uh, and, you know, Joel Batonio. And we'll see you know, if any other guys kind of get caught on that that injury report. But 
this Cleveland team, not at full strength, tough matchup for them. Uh, you saw last week, I mean, even with Mason Rudolph uh, starting for Pittsburgh, and, and granted, Pittsburgh did play the guys that were active for the most part. They did rest some guys, but uh, some key guys, but, you know, the receivers, Juju and, and Deontay, those guys were playing, but still Mason Rudolph throws for, for 350, uh, I think it was 315 after over 300 yards, and they come a two-point conversion away from tying that game in, in regulation. And the week before that, you see the Browns, you know, granted they don't have their wide receivers, but they lose straight up to the Jets. Uh, this Browns team, this COVID is really kind of hitting them hard at the wrong time. And it's just a it's just a really tough matchup. And then you have the fact that quarterbacks in the postseason for the first time making their first start, just 30, 13 and 32 against the spread. Uh, since 03. So Baker Mayfield uh, in a really tough spot on the road here. Yeah, I think they're even worse than that, not against spread. I mean, just winning games, <laughs> right. first time starting quarterbacks. And they haven't won in Pittsburgh in a long time. And I was just curious, you kind of mentioned it. Like, Batonio being out, you can handicap it just like any other injury. Oh, he's a hamstring, he's not going to play. But no head coach who also happens to be the play caller. How do you guys, uh, you know, account for that, and how has Vegas accounted for it? So the line opened about three and a half or four, and it's at six at most books. So it looks like the, the kind of cluster of injuries, and in, you know, including the head coach, moved the line about two to two and a half points. Uh, I moved it a little less just because I'm always hesitant to make large adjustments when yeah. there's not really much of a precedent, but. Uh, I put out a video on Sunday evening when the lines first dropped. And I said I was betting Pittsburgh uh, immediately because I actually had that number uh, projected around six, uh, six and a half when the market had still had it at three and a half, four. So um, I just think this is a really tough matchup for Cleveland. And, and, and you talk about now beating a team that you barely beat playing their backups uh, you know, a second week in a row now on the road and without your head coach. I mean, it's just a daunting spot. So yeah, uh, like the spread, uh, like the money line, if you, you know, you, you're a little iffy about the spread and you say, Hey, I don't know if they win by six or four or three, but I, I think Pittsburgh wins this game. So uh, like this, like minus six, like the money line. Uh, I think Pittsburgh, uh, this is a great spot for Pittsburgh here. The over under at 47 on that game. Do you know if that's changed? It seems like it would be a lower lower over under now, knowing that you're missing offensive players for the Browns and not the head coach who's in charge of that offense. Yeah, it's it, I actually have it projected at 47 and a half, which is what the market has it. Um, we are seeing uh, if you check the Action Network app, 57 percent of the bets are on the under, but. 55% of the money is on the over. So uh, it's you're, you are seeing some of the, the bigger bets coming on the over here. And I think that's just because, number one, Cleveland's defense has really been struggling. Uh, and number two, Pittsburgh does not run the ball very much. And so you have a situation where against a struggling defense, uh, you know, Pittsburgh can put up some points. You know, they've gotten really unlucky this year with just – uh, a ridiculous amount of drops uh, and, and things like that that you expect to regress to the mean. So uh, expect Pittsburgh to put up some points here. And then uh, if that's the case, you know, Cleveland will obviously have to do the same. And they've shown that, you know, they're willing to throw when they feel ne it's necessary. You know, those 51 pass attempts against the Jets with no wide receivers uh, is indicative of that. So uh, I think the, the number is about right. Yeah, I agree that the Browns defense is worrisome. And I would say it's the, the worst of the four units out there. 
Oh, absolutely. They, uh, I believe they finished number 25 in DVOA uh, and, you know, dealing with, it seems every week, either they, they're dealing with an injury in the secondary or a COVID situation in the secondary. So their secondary just hasn't been, uh, hasn't been healthy and it, it's kind of hurt them. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, actually, I like that one a lot uh, with the, with the Steelers and Browns. I kind of like the Steelers in this one coming in earlier in the week too. And so I, I think getting in on it earlier would have been very smart as you did, but even with the, with the six points, I think I'm still down with the Steelers on this one. I mean, no head coach. I mean, that's as big as losing an entire group of running backs, right? If you, if you have no head coach into a game, I, would I mean, we only have a one game sample. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> no, that's, I don't know how to take it. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some communication issues, their special teams coach is going to act as the head coach. I mean, does he know when to go for it on fourth down and when to punt and you know all the game time decisions and the communication and the headset with all the – I just think it's going to be clunky. Yeah, and I, I was just going to say, I, I think, we, you know, I, I totally agree. We have a one-game sample, really, uh, of this happening, uh, but it was pretty horrid. It was the Detroit Lions – uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Buccaneers on, on that Saturday game. Oh yeah. And, and that was silly. the Lions, I think were, yeah, like 12 point underdogs or something like they closed 12 or 13 point underdogs and they just got the, the top blown off of them. You know, even, even for, you know, being a big underdog, I mean, it wasn't competitive. I think the Lions ended up playing three quarterbacks. Wayne Gabbert got like a whole half. Brady had like a Brady full game worth of stats and a half. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was just bad. Always a bad so. sign if uh, Blaine Gabbard is getting the most snaps on for your team at quarterback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, more picks from Chris Raybon of the Action Network for Wild Card Weekend. Coming up. Getting excited for these playoff games, which you can find and get in on the action with at betonline.ag. Futures, props, you want to bet on the Super Bowl, you want to bet on the draft where coaches and players will land this offseason. College football National Championship game Monday, NBA action in full swing. They've got you covered at Bet Online. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Find the best betting lines and props at betonline.ag. Win yourself a little bit of money. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON to receive. A 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore AG on Twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Betonline.ag. Chris, one of the reasons I love talking with you every week is you look at these games so differently than Matt. And I do when we break them down. So uh, I love hearing your angles, especially on these playoff games. So who do you like next in your Sunday six-pack or Saturday and Sunday six-pack? Go with the wild card six-pack. I, I, I kept saying Sunday too, but yeah, definitely have the, <laughs> the three-game Saturday. And uh, it's, it's cool. I, I like the seven-game playoff format, yeah. uh, even though I do think it gives an advantage to, to the number one seed. It, it's nice to have six games on wild card weekend for the second pick. Going with the Saints and Bears under 47 and a half. And you look at these two teams and there are quite a few things that would lead you toward the, the under. Now, for the Saints, Drew Brees, his average depth of target, 6.0. That's 32nd uh, in the league. Uh, and then Mitch Trubisky, 7.4. That's 25th. So these two teams aren't going to 
be throwing it downfield a ton. And then you look at their situation, neutral pace, both of these teams in the bottom five uh, as well. And you look back at New Orleans in, in this current era when they, you know, Michael Thomas has been the dominant receiver and we'll see if he's back and, and Kamara uh, could be back as well. But with those guys and, and Drew Brees kind of aging and throwing underneath, the last three Saints games in the Dome in the playoffs have gone under the total. Uh, and they've gone under by, uh, you know, good five, six points each time. So uh, this is a team that it's not the same t- type of Saints team that, you know, from the the mid- middle of the decade that we expected to just run up the score. They are number two in DVOA on defense. And uh, Chicago's been putting up a lot of points. But you look at the competition. In Mitch Trubisky's uh, 10 starts, four of them came against bottom three defenses in DVOA, played Detroit twice. Then he played Jacksonville and Houston. Those are the three worst teams in the league on defense. Uh, the best defense he played in terms of DVOA uh, turns out to be Atlanta. That's the game he got benched. And then <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you played a, a, a Giants team that ranks 19. The only above average team they played on defense in terms of DVOA was Atlanta. Uh, for Mitch Kubisky, that is. It was Atlanta. He gets benched. Uh, then the Giants, they play. They're, they're 19th, which is not great. Uh, and they score 17 points. Uh, so and, and then, you know, last week against Green Bay, that's ranked 17th. Uh, they they managed just 16 points. So uh, I worry about this Chicago team uh, against a quality defense. And, and Trubisky has not played a quality defense again. Um, this Saints defense is ranked number two. The best defense he played was 14th. It, it's going to be a, a rude awakening, I think, for him. And on the other side of the ball, a lot of uncertainty with that Saints offense. You know, it, it, like it's. Thomas going to be fully healthy even if he's back. Same thing for Kamara. How is the COVID going to impact him? You know, you still don't have Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris. I mean, you're missing a lot of guys uh, for New Orleans. So uh, expecting a lower scoring game, even though it's not necessarily what these teams have been doing uh, for much of this year. uh, We've seen this in the playoffs a lot. And these two teams really slow paced. I really like this one. I think that's a good call by you. Um, I'm not sure that, you know, I don't know where the points come from for the Bears, to be frank. I mean, I know that they've done well this last month, but you mentioned the defense they've played. This is a top three defense to me at home. I'm not sure if the Bears get the 14 or 17 points, and then you're in pretty good shape for the the under. Um, You know, another note I think is interesting is the Bears are near the top of the league at passing percentage. Run versus pass are very pass heavy, but the Saints are the opposite, you know, like, they don't. They're not as as fast paced as people think. I mean, they'll just sit on you and throw short routes and run the ball like crazy and eat clock, which is always good for the under. Yeah, absolutely, and and that kind of ramps up a little bit in the playoffs because this is also a very well coached team, and you know they're not going to push it. And and then you also have uh, on the other side Jalen uh, Johnson practicing for the Bears. Uh, him returning would be key because their secondary. On the year, they're number 13 in pass defense DVOA. This is a good defense generally, but they collapsed down the stretch with, with those injuries to the defense, and I think Johnson was the key. Um, getting him back really gives them a formidable uh, cornerback duo there. Uh, and the Saints, again, you, you really don't know where the health is with these wide receivers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, it's just uh, it's one of those games where you maybe you look at it at first glance and you say, eh, I don't know about that one, but – um, yeah, I really like the under here. And, and you you really hit on it, Matt. This is a, a a situation where you may get one of the teams just not live up to their end of the bargain. You know, I, I think the, the, the Bears are going to have a, a real uh, hard time scoring. So, you know, 
the Saints are a good money line uh, parlay piece. Uh, you know, always kind of weary of taking a 10-point uh, favorite in, in the postseason, but a uh, good money line parlay piece or, or something like that for the Saints. Hey Chris, are you surprised that this game was even a bigger line than the Washington Buccaneers game? Is it just because Washington's at, at home? And I'm not sure if you want to have any action on that Washington Buccaneers game, if that's one of your picks coming up. But um, is is the line there? Like, what's the biggest line? And I wanted to make sure I asked you this before I forget on this show. What's the biggest line for a home underdog in the playoffs before? It rarely happens. I believe it's only happened two other times. And I, I think they were, they were plus seven or eight. And they, the home underdog actually won both times. Um Hmm. Double. I have to double check that, but I believe at least in this, uh, in in our Bet Labs database. So since 03, I believe that's what it is. But yeah, it doesn't happen very often. I actually know the two times was one of them was Seattle, the Beast Mode game, mm-hmm. and then Tim Tebow in Denver beat the Steelers as a big oh, dog too. Oh yes, yeah, the Tebow yeah. game. Yeah. 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 Yep. Good call. Good pull, guys. How about yeah, that? That was nice. That's that why was, I have two smart gentlemen on the show here, and I just drive the truck and make sure it stays straight in the lanes. I love that. Okay, so uh, what is your next pick then for the wild card six pack? The Buffalo Bills minus six and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. And the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they've been on fire. And you look at the last 10 weeks, and their only loss came in that Hail Mary game against uh, against Kyler Murray in Arizona. And, you know, they're 11 and five against the spread this year. They, they've consistently exceeded expectations. And schematically, I think once their linebackers got healthy on defense, Matt Milano, um, they were able to adjust schematically and they've been playing better defense. And you kind of look at this matchup and you say, OK, the Bills obviously have the better offense, but, you know, Indianapolis can probably hang tough because of their defense. But from weeks 10 to 17, Buffalo... Yeah, yeah, and it, it, yeah. Buffalo's the better D. Buffalo's been good, yeah. and, and Indianapolis hasn't. So Buffalo's uh, number six uh, against the pass from week 10 on, Indianapolis 16th. Uh, and then against the run, which was an issue for Buffalo early in the year, uh, number 11 in the second half of the year for Buffalo, and number 18 for Indianapolis. So Indianapolis playing average defense. Uh, we know they can run the ball against weak defenses, but that's really all they played. Uh, down the stretch, you know, Jacksonville and, and Tennessee and, and Green Bay and just uh, Detroit, like all the all the weak run defenses uh, were on Indianapolis's schedule this year. So um, I think it's going to be tough if you get behind here. Uh, Philip Rivers still dealing with that toe. Let's not forget. Um, and also Anthony Costanzo, the left tackle. Uh, he's not going to be there. Neither is his backup, LaRaven Clark, uh, for Indianapolis. So Buffalo really has an edge in every facet, but – rush offense but um that's really just in the backfield because you know obviously josh allen uh is can kind of equalize that what what jonathan taylor can do and philip rivers uh, is not giving you anything on the ground so buffalo uh has an essentially an edge in three of the four facets and probably draws even uh in the fourth so uh, i think it's uh more of a mismatch than the 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 line is adding on this is like if there was one game that ends up being just a complete blowout uh, i would i think it would be this one yeah, I would never bet against the Bills right now. I mean, they might be my pick to, to, to win the Super Bowl at this point. I love how they're playing. And I'm going to steal this from Greg Cosell. I heard it on my buddy Ross Tucker's podcast this morning. He was saying, and it made perfect sense as soon as he said it, the Colts don't like to go to dime. You know, they're a big nickel mm-hmm. team. They, they don't like putting six defensive backs on the field, let alone four corners. And 
Buffalo's just going to come out in four wide. You know, I mean, they're going to get a receiver on a safety or a linebacker often. And I think you're going to see that over and over. Yeah, and and that's how you beat the Colts. You know, the coach Josh Allen has struggled somewhat against zone this year, and and the Colts do play some zone, but uh, just the Buffalo coaching staff. I mean, Dable, you know, he, he'll probably get a, a look as a head coach. He's been he's been awesome, and and you know, Josh Allen has one of the top twenty five completion percentage seasons in NFL history now. So how about that for wow. a guy that was uh, that we made fun of his accuracy, uh, sixty nine <laughs> over sixty nine percent this season, and you, you know, you have John Brown, you have. Stefan Diggs, though he, you know, got to monitor him. He's uh, he's missing some practice time, but I think he'll be sh- good. And uh, you got Gabriel Davis. Even if Cole Beasley doesn't return, you still have Isaiah McKenzie, who's showing right, he can right. do damage as that number four. Uh, and, and you also signed Kenny Stills to your practice, you know, that you could call him up. So, I mean, this team is absolutely loaded, and I don't think people realize how good they are uh, on defense and also how well coached they are. Sean McDermott uh, with Josh Allen, it – 26 and 16 against the spread covering by an average of 4.2 points per game in, in, in their careers. So um, just, just a, a great spot here, I think for Buffalo. Matt brings up a good point about the Buffalo bills. I'm looking at the futures thinking Buffalo it's was the third highest odds plus 600. I feel like that's the best bet here when it comes to these Super Bowl props. Have you spent much time on those? Do you have any action on any of those Super Bowl props for any teams before the playoffs start here? Yeah, so actually we have an article out up at actionnetwork.com. We did a little draft, a little snake draft of all 14 of the Super Bowl futures and, uh, you know, a little write-up on those. But uh, at this, I have a future on the the Steelers that I got earlier on uh, in the year, actually before the season at 22 to 1. Uh, and I believe I have some Titans as well. But uh, at this point, I usually don't bet many uh, Super Bowl futures because it, there's usually – Kind of, or, or if I do, they're kind of more supplemental because there's usually less value on them at this point and more value on uh, betting, you know, game to game or, or doing some, you know, kind of parlaying or, or, you know, maybe like, for example, Ravens Titans are both, some, you know, somewhat of long shots, um, you know, for the AFC and the Super Bowl. So they're facing off against each other. You can kind of bet both of those uh, and, and then hedge later on. So I, I do things like that, but I do think Buffalo is – um, the, the after the Chiefs, I think they're the second best team in the league, probably at this point. Uh, they're right neck and neck with the Buccaneers uh, for me in terms of my power rating. So uh, I do love Buffalo, but usually don't like the, the the market is more efficient in terms of the futures this time of year. All right, more picks coming up from Chris Raybon of the Action Network. Maybe some upsets brewing Wild Card Weekend. Been raving about Built Bars for a long time. They taste great. They're good for you. And if you're someone who spends a lot of time in their car, it's one of the best places to utilize the goodness of a built bar. A road trip or even a long commute, you don't pull over and get a burger and fries and throw down 1,000 calories, 130 calories in the salted caramel flavor of built bar. Just have a built bar. It's got this protein, 17 grams that will tide you over. I guarantee that will tide you over. Have a built bar. They taste fantastic. So you will look forward to eating one. And it will tide you over, and it will give you that protein, and it will help you out if you need to do some heavy lifting, whether it's figuratively or literally later. If you're doing a workout or if you're golfing, slip one in your golf bag. Perfect time to have a built Bar to start the back nine. You'll feel good about it. It's not heavy, and who knows, might even improve your golf game. Built Bars are high in protein, high in fiber, but low calorie, low sugar 
and covered in 100% real delicious chocolate. Soft and easy to chew, Built Bar is great for the health conscious folks out there. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And best of all, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get 20% off with promo code Locked on. Go to builtbar.com. Promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order of built bars. Okay, Chris, before we get to the rest of the angles you like this weekend, and you and your co host Stucky like this weekend from the Action Network Sports Betting Podcast, big picture, you mentioned how there's an advantage for the one seeds. How big is that advantage for the Packers and Chiefs being the only teams that have a buy going into this tournament? Bigger advantage than traditionally with the, the two buy format? In each conference? I don't think so because, you know, although um, you, you're you kind of making one of the teams play, um, you know, they're, they're, you also have the, the situation where, you know, home field advantage is minimized. I just think the Chiefs are just that much better than the, the rest of the league because of Patrick Mahomes and, and you have Andy Reid. And then, you know, the Chiefs have played well against the teams that they're going to need to beat. You know, they played well against the Bills and, and, and shut Josh Allen down. They played well uh, against the uh, Baltimore Ravens and really two years in a row have have stymied Lamar Jackson. So they're they're in a class of their own. The In a non-divisional matchup since 2003, the winner of the – regular season game wins the rematch 58 percent 58-59% of the time so I think the Packers could be vulnerable uh, against the Bucks just because you know we saw that earlier this year where um, because they rely so heavily on, on Adams and, and Valdez Scantling is, is so unreliable uh, some there's certain games where that offense just can't deal with pressure. And, and especially against a team like Tampa where you can't really run on them. So you can't get Aaron Jones going. So if it were to be, you know, Tampa green Bay uh, next round, I, I would worry about green Bay on, on the NFC side, but uh, for, for Kansas city, I mean, they, they've just shown that they can, that they can play against the, the elite teams in the AFC. All right. Wild card six pack. Do you have uh, any other picks here on your, uh, in your slate this weekend? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go quicker. So those were my three. Uh, I'll go through Stucky's uh, quickly. He has uh, Washington plus eight against Tampa Bay. Uh, and that's just, you know, expecting a low-scoring game. Tampa Bay's struggled a lot in prime time, and they've also struggled against, you know, top defenses. So, uh, you know, obviously Washington's offense is out of sorts uh, as well, but uh, just kind of betting on, you know, postseason Game be game could be closer than than you expect, and, and you know you, we talked about it. Home dogs uh, don't happen often, but uh, they are usually undervalued uh, in a small sample in these spots. Uh, and then the Rams Seattle under uh, forty two and a half. The Seattle is nine and four toward the under since the start of October. They their pass percentage on early downs has dropped about six seven percent. And uh, they're allowing under 20 points per game on defense. And then you have the Rams with the quarterback situation. So, uh, you know, that's a game that that you expect to be pretty tight uh, and also pretty low scoring. I mean, that Rams D to me, I, I, I don't care who they're playing. I think I want the under in a Rams game right now. Yeah, what was it, 18-7 last week? You know, they, they just don't give up points. And Russell Wilson's come down to earth a lot, uh, you know, on the second half of the season. Absolutely, so, yeah. Is, and and yeah. they don't – they take away the big play really well. I mean, they don't put extra guys in the box. They're, they're not going to allow the bomb, and that's kind of what everyone's doing against Seattle. So it's a bad, it's a bad matchup for me for Seattle, in my opinion. 
Yeah, Seattle's Absolutely. interesting, and the Rams have an X factor on defense because then you can single up Jalen Ramsey with DK Metcalf right. and, and test your luck there. But a lot of teams, what they're doing is they're either uh, playing it straight and then getting torched by DK, or they're you know playing off a of DK with a safety over the top, and then um, Tyler Lockett's catching like ten balls for you know ninety four yards or something like that. And so that's sort of the the recipe it's been the second half of the year for the Seahawks, and it, it feels like just letting. Tyler Lockett catch the ball underneath and going to try to tackle him and limit the big plays to DK is kind of the way to go. But the Rams can play things a little bit different because they do have Jalen Ramsey. And the other question I have for you, Chris, about that game is what's the difference between John Wolford and Goff for this line for you? With the, and John Wolford looked pretty good and, and Goff has struggled somewhat this year. Is there even that big of a difference on who starts for quarterback? Uh, I, I I have a like a, a pretty big difference. I think it, uh, over a field goal for me, some people don't have it quite as big. Um, you know, the way I, I, I rate quarterbacks, you know, just that, that lack of experience is still going to kind of, um, I'm going to knock them for that. You know, we have a one game sample. It was in the regular season. So if Wolford were to start, uh, you know, in the postseason, you know, first of all, you have just that, that, that miserable against the spread record for quarterbacks making their first postseason start. But this, dude is making his second start overall and he'd be <laughs> going on the roads. I mean, it's a really tough spot. I, I don't think we should kind of look at that Arizona game and say, okay, you know, Wolford can, can do some things because I mean, even in that game, they score 18 points. Uh, they stall in the red zone. Uh, it, it wasn't pretty. And they would have, I think they got a touchdown on defense if I'm not mistaken in that game. So, um, yes, you know, the sense. numbers look decent, but not really much to speak of on offense for the Rams in that game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a low-scoring game. But uh, if Jared Goff were to start, uh, you know, that would be – for me, that would be a, a, a more than a field goal toward the, uh, toward the line. And is there one more pick for Stucky here? And by the way, is, am I, if I'm not mistaken, you're not sold on all Stucky's picks. Is that, is that the vibe I'm getting from you? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, okay. Like, I'm just kind of pointing them out, like, in the uh, – I was just pointing them out in, you know, so, so people know who take, who's taking what here. Okay. Um, but uh, no, no, I, I, I'm generally on board with these, you know, <laughs> we do our little draft and, uh, you know, go back and forth. So uh, a lot of times we snipe each other's picks, but uh, I feel good about my lineup here and Stucky's last pick Titans and Ravens under 54 and a half. Now, usually the Titans are mm. the over the, you know, the smash over team, but you look at these two teams 30 to 24 in overtime earlier this year uh, when the Ravens had a banged up defense and last season, you know, Tennessee comes out with that really good game plan and, and the Ravens run almost a hundred plays and uh, you know, they're, they average like five yards a play or something like that, you know, under like uh, under six yards per net yards per pass attempt on 63 dropbacks. So uh, even though Tennessee's defense has struggled um, game plan wise, they have been able to do some things against uh, Jackson and then the Ravens have played really good run defense. So uh, you could see, I think, you know, there's two avenues here. One is Tennessee comes out with another one of those game plans that, uh, that they came out with last year. Number two, uh, the Ravens who, even in that game earlier this year, they held Tennessee down for pretty much the entire first half into the third quarter. And then Tennessee put up a, a ton of points in the fourth and, and that game still would have went over under the 54 and a half. So um, you know, postseason games outdoor in the wild card round 
38 and 14 uh, since 2003 uh, when the total is over 45. So, and and going under by an average of 3.9 points per game. So uh, the wild card round, you tend to see a lot of unders uh, hit and and teams just play it tighter, closer to the vest. You see teams best game plans, maximum effort on defense. Uh, So, uh, even though certain games, you know, if you may project them a little higher in the regular season, uh, expect uh, to a few points to be shaven off uh, here in the first week of the postseason. I'm not sure I agree with this one. I'll get to that tomorrow. But, you know, the, the thing that, you know, the Titans defense, obviously what they do worse, though, is rush the passer. And I'm not sure that matters that much in this one. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's good for the Ravens, you know, to 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 win the game, but it's hard. Yeah. This is another one that's really hard for me to, to handicap uh, in terms of the side because, uh, again, the you know, in a non-divisional matchup, you the team that wins the first one in the regular season goes on to win in the playoffs fifty nine percent of the time. So that you know benefits Tennessee. They also upset Baltimore last year, but at the same time, you know, even on the road with you know with no real home field advantage this year, uh, and Baltimore just playing really well. I mean, they've been rolling yeah. over these past five six weeks, so it's a tough one to cap. But uh, again, two well coached teams, you just you tend to see things just get a little tighter here in the postseason. So don't be surprised if if we see a, a lower scoring, uh, a little bit lower scoring, you know, game than uh, than we're used to. Fantastic stuff, Chris. Oh, one more before we let you go. National championship, college football game, Bama, favored by eight over Ohio State. A lot of NFL prospects. I know this is a an NFL podcast. There is a lot of NFL prospects on the field that Matt and I will be talking a lot about this spring. Do you have any strong feelings about that game? I probably would go Bama there. I mean, it's hard not to. Um, usually, you know, you're, you're looking at that line and you're saying, okay, I'm going to wait or probably be bet up, go with the dog. But, uh, I mean, Alabama is just so good. And uh, we're kind of seeing that in terms of the betting percentages on, on the app right now. 54% of the bets are on Alabama. So it's pretty split um, between the two teams. But 75% of the money uh, is on Bama. Uh, as an eight-point favorite. So um, the bigger bets are coming in on Bama, and uh, I, I think I would agree with that. Over-under 75, too. Talking about the over-unders uh, all year long with the NFL games, and wow. it's like, oh, yeah, okay, 75 is the over-under in this college football <laughs> game. That's amazing. Startles me. I don't Yeah, I don't bet college or yeah. pay attention to those things. Like, wow, but I guess that's what it should be. Huh? Sharks are on the over. Okay. 56% of the bets are on the under, but 70% of the money on the over. Wow. wow, over 75. Okay, well, that should be fun then Monday night after those uh, NFL playoff games watching National Championship College football. Chris, always a pleasure talking with you. So much fun. Find Chris on the Action Network Sports Betting Podcast with his co-host Stucky, who we reference here on the show. All of his work at actionnetwork.com. Chris, you're the best. Thank you. All right, always a pleasure, guys. Take care. All right, Matt and I previewing and making our picks for Wild card weekend tomorrow, and we'll have it all broken down for you again Monday. Plus all the biggest headlines, coach, movement, NFL draft, free agency covered for you every day this offseason right here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show.